0: So I was praying about what to share today. I, uh, I was coming across and wrote some notes down, and I ended up writing quite a bit of notes down <laughs> about the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and trying to look at it from a, a side that is practical. It's always practical, but in, in an area of practicality of where we're living today, and I was processing that that... Christian living, a successful Christian lifestyle, has the ability to make intelligent and correct decisions. It's one of the great secrets of a Christian lifestyle, that we as believers literally live in the ability to make wise decisions and correct decisions in our lives. And for all of us during this season right now with with, with, uh, with the COVID-19 we are all making decisions. We're actually making more decisions probably in some ways. I know we're not in our businesses and this and that. Some are, so we're working from home. But, but literally, making decisions, uh, when, you, when you have to go out and do some, some shopping for groceries, uh, it's amazing how much distance everyone is keeping. I, I, uh, literally, my, my wife and I were walking through some of the aisles of the local grocery store, picking up the necessities, and People would not walk near us if I was just sort of hanging out, you know, Sharon was shopping on the aisle, and, uh, and I was maybe checking some things on my phone. People wouldn't pass us because the aisle wasn't wide enough for them. And I thought, wow, it's a whole different process, and 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 it's you know we have to look at the things that are happening. But you know, those are decisions that you make wisely on a on a more physical daily basis. But what about the decisions that we're in, called to have? Be intelligent as Christians, making intelligent decisions on on our spiritual life, on. Where it is, what what is it we're we're trying to accomplish? What is it that God wants to accomplish in us during all the other things that are happening around us? What is it that that we can accomplish, that we can grow stronger in, that we can actually walk higher in his presence than we even did before this lockdown happened? I'm going to tell a story. I I found this... uh, uh, online, and i don 't know if it's true or not true, but the point is is good and it 's a story about a a, a a college football team and uh, they had a story their starting co- uh, quarterback had just been injured the week before, and their number two quarterback was sick and and he, he couldn't even dress for the game. he was so sick, so he wasn't at the game so number one quarterback's injured, number two is so sick he can't even dress. So the coach was left with the third-string freshman. So he, he had been a quarterback in high school. He hadn't even played college ball yet, and he had to use him. And how he was using him was not as a quarterback but actually a punter because he actually was a good punter as well too. To make the matters worse, they, they're on the, 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 their own third-yard line. So they're pushed all the way down to three yards from their end zone. And they have to use this quarterback, third-string quarterback. So the coach said to him, because how many of you know that nowadays the quarterbacks don't always make the own decisions of the plays, that they're always told what to do and how to do it, and, and all the strategists or whatever they're called are up there you know, planning the plays. So the coach said to the quarterback, son, I want you to hand off to the big fullback, Kowalski, for the next two plays Just hand it off to Kowalski, let him run up the middle as far as he can get. And then on the third down, because it's American football, on the third down, punt and get as much distance as we can. In other words, kind of like a survival atmosphere for this team. And so the young quarterback did as he was instructed. On the first play, he handed off to, to Kowalski, but almost miraculously, Kowalski found a hole off of a tackle. He, he literally bounced off a tackle and ran, and there's a hole, and he gained 50 yards. He ran for 50 yards. So the young quarterback called the same play again. It's what the coach told him to do. And once more, miracle of miracles, Kowalski gained another 45 yards, and the fans went Crazy. They got two yards to go to score a touchdown. Two yards. Confidently, the team lined up once again. The young quarterback, he received the snap, stepped back into everyone's amazement. He punted the ball into the end zone. His teammates were stunned. And as they came off the field, the coach angrily grabbed the young quarterback and demanded, what in the world were you thinking about when you called the last play? And the quarterback answered, I was thinking, what a dumb coach we have. You said, pass off two plays and punt on the third play. Maybe this story sounds ridiculous. But the truth is, many of the college and pro teams, the quarterbacks aren't given the option to make decisions for themselves. But there's an important point we need to see in this story, because God is like a coach to us, but he's actually looking for people to walk wisely and make wise decisions. He allows us to call our own plays in life. Yes, here is the rule book right here. But he actually desires and delights in watching us take this rule book, take the the laws of Scripture, the the living of the new covenant in us, and he delights to watch us and see us creatively follow his will, his plan. 31, then he took the twelve, this is Jesus, then he took the twelve aside and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man will be accomplished. For he will be delivered to the Gentiles, and will be mocked, and insulted, and spit upon. They will scourge him, and kill him, and the third day he will rise again. So here Jesus is telling his disciples what's coming, what's going to happen. they are got to go into Jerusalem. These things are going to happen. What, what were the disciples thinking? Jesus just said, people are going to mock him, insult him, spit, flog, kill, and then he'll rise again. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 23, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block, and to the Greeks, foolishness. But to those who are called or saved, those who are Called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God, verse 25, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. You see, Jesus was explaining originally what was going to happen to him, and the disciples weren't getting it. Paul knows that the ways of God are many times foolish to men. (laughs) It's... you know, there's such a controversy going on with, with, the, with the coronavirus and, and, and the COVID-19 thing that's happening, and such a controversy. Is there's some churches that are staying open, Some and many are closed down because of the government laws. Some are defying that, and you know what? I, I honestly want to say in my feelings, what God is laying into your heart, that's what you as leadership and as a church need to be doing as a family together. And some people, I even have a friend whose church is staying open, and 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 some people get on and comment and say, you're terrible, you shouldn't be doing this. But you know what? He's actually right if God is speaking to them, saying this. And then we're not. We decided to follow the what the government is saying, and and that's why we're streaming it like this. And we're right because that's what the Lord laid in our hearts. Because the reality is... The foolishness of God is wiser than man. And the weakness of God is stronger than man. It, 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 it might seem foolish... I think of testimonies in my own life and areas that I've gone into, into areas of the world that, that literally people had, even my, some of my intercessors had said, I'm not sure if you should be going. And, and, and some looked at me and said, it's foolish for you to go in there. It's too dangerous for you, Brent. You know, the risk of you being killed is so high that's it's foolish for you to go. But God kept speaking so clearly to us and to my eldership, and to my close prayer intercessors, kept speaking to us. And you know what? It was crazy. I'll be honest with you. Uh, If if it wasn't for the strength of God in us, and the confirmation of my team around me saying, no, this is God. We need to go for it. God's going to protect you. And you know what? If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have gone. I, I, I don't think I would have gone. And I remember one time, it was in the Philippines just a few years back, and, and I was the last plane out before Mindanao was, was, was uh, uh, locked down into martial law because of an uprising of the Islamic perspectives there. And many were killed, there was a battle, a war. I ended up being the very last plane off the island. And I tell you, you know what? I'm glad that I went. People, people were saved. They heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Was it risky? Yes, it was risky. But when God's speaking it, it might seem foolish to man, but it's not foolish to God. The biggest problem is so many people hear the voice of God but have no wise counsel around them. And I have seen many foolish things happen in those cases. The cross and the resurrection is the heart of the message of Jesus Christ. This is why Jesus said to his disciples, his apostles, I have something important to tell you. We're going to go to Jerusalem, and when we get there, we they will turn me over to the Gentiles, who will mock me, insult me, spit on me, flog me, and kill me. And then on the third day, I will rise again. The explanation is so clear. If any one of us said that to you or to somebody else around us, to me it sounds very clear. But the disciples did not understand it. Jesus didn't, tell, Jesus didn't tell them that once, but he told them over and over again in Matthew 16, Matthew 17, Matthew 20. Jesus tells them the same thing, and they did not understand it. Luke chapter 18, verse 34. Luke 18, verse 34. But they understood none of these same things, and this saying was hidden from them, and they did not know the things which were spoken. You see, the disciples didn't understand this. The, 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 the words that were being spoken were hidden from them. Isn't that an interesting verse in Scripture? Why didn't they understand? Were they hard of hearing? Didn't have their hearing aids turned up? Didn't have internet so they couldn't talk to each other or phone each other? They didn't have cell phones. Why didn't they understand? It was face-to-face conversation. Oh, there's a couple, questions, a couple answers to this question. Maybe we realize that there's some things that we learn later in life than we didn't learn early in life. I I often think uh, at the age that I'm at now, I've learned quite a few things the hard way in life. I've had very clear instruction from my parents when they were alive, great godly missionary family. I had very clear instruction when I was kind of not living for the Lord back as a teenager, and and the police were very clear to me. Did I listen sometimes? No, I didn't always. Did I listen to my parents? No, I didn't always. Did it hurt sometimes? It hurt a lot. And now I've raised kids, my wife and I, and we have tried to learn from our, our own experiences to teach them not to have to go through what I had to go through. Now my wife's a different story. I don't think she's ever had sin in her life. I think she was born a Christian. An amazing woman of God. Love her. Thirty or oh, thirty-two years of marriage. Beautiful woman. And uh, but but me, I, I kind of did the little fighting back as a teenager. But you know what? It's amazing because we learn. We didn't understand it, even though it was told to us. If you do this, this will happen. Ouch. Now we're older, teaching our own children. If you do this, this is what happened to me. It hurt. If you do... And sometimes our own children will still have to find their way. They have to always. They're going to make their own decisions. How much better life could be if we had actually learned lessons earlier in life. Man, I wish there's a lot of things I wished I had learned earlier. In some ways, the disciples were like little kids. They really had been walking with him about three years. Jesus told them what was going to happen, and they didn't understand it. Maybe part of the reason was because the disciples just weren't ready to learn it. Maybe as part of the reasoning is they would have interfered with God's plan. So sometimes things in the Word are hidden from us for a reason and a purpose, But as we grow stronger in Him, stronger in the Lord in us, Holy Spirit empowering us, I believe that He opens up the revelations within the Word of God. When we're mature to handle it, which is why we are continually growing in Him. This is the living Word of God. It continually speaks. Many times I have read, read a scripture years ago and it meant something powerful in my life. Five, ten years later, the same scripture has meant something even more powerful in a different way in my life. Has anyone ever experienced that? That's the living word of God. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8. First Corinthians 2, verse 8. Which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. It's is saying that even if the government of the day, had Pilate, Cyphus, high priests, members of the Sanhedrin, Rome, if they had actually known, they probably wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. When Paul refers to the sacrifice of Jesus upon the cross, he calls it a mystery. It's a mystery. The word mystery that Paul uses in a Greek word for a military strategy that is kept secret from the enemy. His his death and his resurrection, his death on the cross was a mystery, kept secret from the enemy. Even Satan himself wasn't aware of what was going on. He's probably dancing when Christ was hanging on the cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those crazy people are killing the Son of God. But even it was a mystery to him because he didn't understand about the third day thing. (laughs) But I want to tell you what if the third day resurrection did not happen, we wouldn't be here telling you a story right now. Because this story is one of the most celebrated and talked about stories around the earth his birth and his death and resurrection. But God kept it a secret even to the devil. He was not aware that on Calvary's hill, while the driving nails into the hands of Jesus, while Jesus is writhing in pain and his blood is dripping to the ground, while Jesus is dying, Satan is saying, I've won, I've won, I've won. I've beaten God. My evil is triumphant. Righteousness has been defeated. Nope. 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 Three days later, Jesus rose from the tomb and then Satan realized, oops, I made a big mistake. I'm adding words. I'm not saying it theologically. I'm adding thought patterns that maybe he's like, ah, no, it's Jesus. He crucified the Lord on the cross. So you and I could be redeemed as sons and daughters once again. Brought into a, a beautiful intimate relationship with the Father once again. To be open to the filling of the Holy Spirit once again. To live in the understanding of the new covenant that Jesus Christ paid the price for. For you and I. Jesus Christ is the power and wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved is the power of God. Remember the two disciples on the road to Emmaus in Luke chapter 24 13 to 35, I'm not going to read at all. When they finally opened their eyes and realized they had literally been talking with Jesus. (laughs) After the resurrection, these disciples are walking on the road to Emmaus and, and, and they're talking with this individual and he's asking them questions. And then he goes into telling them all about history and whatnot. And then afterwards their eyes were opened and they realized, wow. And they said in Luke 24, part of verse 32, were not our hearts burning within us? When when he was talking to them, their hearts were burning within us, but but they just didn't understand that this could literally be the resurrected Lord talking to them. But when their eyes opened to this understanding and this realizing, they ran back and they met with the other disciples. Luke chapter 24, verse 45. And he opened their understanding. And Jesus opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. And that's one of my greatest desires today, is that he will open our understanding to comprehend the greater levels and revelation of the Scripture. My Bible school training, seminary training, you learn so much theology. Much of it was very good learning how to study the Word, how to put messages together, much of it was very, very good. But I really want to encourage us that we need to be open to the revelation of the Scriptures in our own lives. Because if we aren't, and we read this mechanically, then we don't understand the full purpose and destiny of the cross and resurrection. For the first time, the disciples began to understand this teaching that had just gone over their heads before. This is the same way with us sometimes. It seems like the cross or dying around us, the pain, the sickness, the diseases, the burdens, they seem so heavy, so heavy. The family issues, the family problems seem so heavy and heavy with us. But when the Holy Spirit pours into our hearts... And we begin to realize that this is a personal message. The cross and resurrection was a personal message for you. The cross and the resurrection was a personal message for me. It was personal for every person who has ears to hear and eyes to see. It's not just a... a, 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 conglomerate message, even though so many preachers teach it as a conglomerate message, today I'm declaring to you, it is a personal message for your situation right now, for your sickness right now, for your disease right now, for any sin in your life right now. It is a personal message for you. So you and I become the living of His Word in our hearts, in our lives. It's and then what seemed foolish Turns to wisdom. What used to be weakness turns to power. This is what the message is about. This is the message of the cross, the message of the resurrection. We're at Resurrection Sunday right now. We're celebrating a risen Lord and Savior. And his message has the most power of God in these statements, in in what happened on that cross. It is power, 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 wonder-working power by the blood of the Lamb. I want to declare to you today that whatever weakness you feel, let it go and receive the power and strength of a risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because Jesus, he is the power to change the way you think. Kevin talked about not to live in an atmosphere, an attitude of fear. It is so vitally important during this season that we do not live in the attitude of fear. But we need to realize and understand as born-again believers... That Jesus is the power to change the way we think. The renewed mind of Christ Jesus in us. Jesus is the power to change the way we act. Jesus is the power to change our lives. Jesus Christ Is the power to overcome sin. Some have felt, I just can't overcome the sin. I am just struggle with the sin. I just can't overcome it. And I want to declare to you, that's a lie of the enemy. The truth that will set you free is, yes, you are an overcomer. Power to give us victory over alcoholism. Power to overcome drug abuse. This is Jesus Christ. Power to heal the broken marriages. This is Jesus Christ power to repair a broken heart so many hearts have been broken jesus christ is the power to repair your hearts jesus christ is power to bring families back together again jesus is the power to change loneliness inside of us right now in times of isolation he is the power to change the loneliness inside of us he is the power He's the power to heal. And we pray right now, healing miraculous power of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you, if you have any prayer requests, please put them online right now. I'll try to read them before the end of the service and pray over them. Jesus is the power to heal. Jesus Christ is the power to save. Uh Power to forgive I just sense that so many times we, we get hurt so badly we, we don't forgive the people that hurt us forgiveness doesn't mean acceptance when you forgive someone that hurt you it doesn't mean you accept what they did it doesn't mean that you, you what they did was good all of a sudden because you forgave them no if they hurt you it was wrong it was bad But the power of forgiveness is to forgive those people that that you have, have caused you pain and hurt. So you release yourself from that power of hurt and the power of pain. And transform it by the power of forgiveness and the power of the living Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ is the power to deliver. To deliver us in the times of trouble. Overwhelmed, overwhelmed. But Jesus is a deliverer, the power to deliver us. That our lifestyle is not to live a lifestyle of being overwhelmed. But through Jesus Christ, we literally become delivered of it, which means you can't stay in the place that you're overwhelmed. You must be delivered from the place that has overwhelmed you. It, it has a connotation of movement of some kind that, that, that's got to be a movement, a changing of the mindset and a changing of the understanding. He's the deliverer. Jesus' power is greater than anything, anything the world has ever seen. Jesus' power is greater. It is God's power to change us, to transform us. It's God's power to make us new. It's God's power to give us, not only give us the victory, but have an understanding that we live from victory of a risen Lord and Savior. We're never called to walk around defeated by Satan. No. That's not our destiny. We're not defeated. If you know Jesus Christ, you're not defeated. You have the victory. You have the victory through Jesus Christ. I tell you what, last Sunday, Palm Sunday, the triumphant entry into the city. You say triumphant? Yeah. People were dancing, throwing their clothes, throwing their palm leaves down. It was triumphant. Even though Christ knew what was going to happen, he was still triumphant. Because he knew what would happen ultimately. See, God beat Satan. He beat him. Satan has no power or authority over us through Jesus Christ jesus christ conquered satan on the cross and resurrection he defeated him defeated him and you and i are called to live in the victorious lifestyle of a resurrected lord and savior see the strategy of god was perfect not everybody understood it and there's people on this earth that don't understand it today maybe you're watching and you don't understand the victory of Christ's resurrected Lord and Savior. But I tell you what, when we believe in Him as our living Lord and Savior, when we stay focused in His word, sometimes it means we have to turn the news off a little bit. I know some people in this season have literally gone off social media because I tell you what, sometimes social media can be amazing what we're using it for right now. But other times, oh my Lord, it creates so much confusion. Focused on the worry of the issue, we lose the focus of the value. I tell you what, it can't defeat us. It can't defeat us. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, has risen he has risen he has risen he has risen we pray for 12 year old Max right now Kathy King is asking us to pray for 12 year old Max, Father we pray right now whatever it is that's affecting Max we pray Father, we thank you Lord God keep all of our children safe, we pray the miraculous healing power of resurrected Lord and Savior By his stripes, we declare the miracles in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Pray for Olga Reed's sister, Winnie, uh, healing in her hearts. Uh, Something about the heart's rhythm. We just pray, Lord God, healing in her heart right now for Winnie, we pray. Anyone who is having heart issues or heart concerns right now, we pray healing in their hearts in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we pray. We thank you. thank you for the testimonies that we've already heard via these social media services. Even though we were doing it before, we do it every Sunday, now there's just a greater focus on it. And we thank you, Lord God, for the healings, the miraculous, miracles that we've already heard and listened to. And we thank you, Lord God. And right now we pray, Father, all around us, here in Canada, in America, and the nations of this world, We pray, Lord God, comfort, peace that passes all understanding. I know our ministries in Pakistan have been asking us to pray heavily because in some areas the the Pakistanis are getting some food, but they're actually holding it back from Christians. I pray, Lord God. I pray, Father God. That there's a shifting and a changing in these countries of Pakistan and India and around the world. I pray, Lord God, that you will be the the bread and the wine, the blood for everyone who's starving, who is not getting the food that they need. I pray in Jesus' name. For Rebecca Brody, I pray, about Eugene. He needs a healing from Alzheimer's. We pray right now against Alzheimer's. In Jesus' name, I know other people that are suffering from Alzheimer's as well. And we pray for the supernatural healing power of Jesus Christ, for dementia and Alzheimer's. We pray, Lord Jesus, right now, let there be a new clarity into the minds of the people suffering from Alzheimer's and dementia or lack of memory. We pray, we pray, we thank you, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that your strategy was perfect by sending your son, Jesus Christ, into this world. You had the best game play. You knew the winning, the winning run. You knew the winning play. Is going to set us free and become the winners on this earth, walking in victory. Your strategy, God, is always perfect because the victory has been won. The victory has been won. He is risen. He is risen risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. that gave us adoption as sons and daughters into the kingdom of heaven. Now, on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Father. We thank you. We pray for Pastor Brent Henderson's father. Complete healing of cancer and recovery after surgery. In Jesus' name. Healing of cancers. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Wow. Come Comfort in Jesus' name. We pray right now for Bruce healing in his body in Jesus' name right now. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Father, for wisdom. Wisdom right now for our governments, our presidents, our prime ministers. I pray, Father, as they make some of the largest decisions of their of their lifetime that you will give them wisdom father i pray lord god that as they make these decisions big decisions even about our economy i pray father for the wisdom lord god it might seem foolishness to man but that you give our government's wisdom in these decisions jesus name Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Prayed for 12-year-old Max earlier. I just see that more has been said that it's cancer and for his blood platelets to come up. We pray, oh Lord God. 12-year-old Max. Cancer. To leave his body in Jesus' name blood platelets to come up we pray we pray yes Lord Jesus let's just say this together our Father who art in heaven hallowed be your name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever and ever. And all the people said, Amen and Amen.